This is the final Sunday in the church season that's called Advent. Advent, if you were here a few weeks ago, you, you learned that Advent means coming. It comes from a Latin word, Adventus, which came from a Greek word, parousia. And all of that is about the coming of Christ. And we start the, church, the Christian church year by turning to Almighty God, repenting, turning to God, and preparing for Christ's return with expectation. You see, Advent was originally a season of preparation for His return. They didn't celebrate births. It wasn't about the first coming. We remember His first coming because Almighty God is sovereign, and He promised to send the Messiah. He sent the Messiah. He brought Him here upon this planet, and each of us can be thankful for that, but we need to remember He promised to send Him back. And we, by God's grace, are looking forward to His return. My notes are, are not doing good today. The printer's failing. So I'm having trouble seeing, okay? I already have that problem sometimes. But uh, one of the reasons that we recall the first coming of Christ every year is to remind us of God's sovereignty. That's the key. And we consider His first coming to recall that He promised to come back. He's promised to return to us, and we can learn to recognize that that is also true, just as God promised His first coming. We're going to read from Luke chapter 8, excuse me, no, Luke and Matthew's gospel records, and we're going to see His first coming. We're going to open to Luke, let's see, where am I at here? Luke, uh, anyway, Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 26 to 51, 26 to 51. You know, Luke was a doctor, and he was probably converted by Paul, and he went with Paul on missionary journeys, and he learned firsthand accounts of what actually happened when Christ was on the earth. And he recorded those things that he received firsthand from people who were there. And he undoubtedly got information from Paul uh, as he was traveling with Paul. Paul mentions him several times in his letters. And uh, Dr. Luke recorded what he saw, and it was part, probably part of the larger work that included the book of Acts. Some people call Acts Luke 2 that it was all one work. It's likely that it was all one work, and then it was divided into two parts. Now, we start at verse 26. We're beginning in the sixth month. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yahashua. And our English translations call him Jesus, but his name was Yahashua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She was a virgin. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. She submitted to God. She surrendered to His will. Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name, and His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown His strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Now, hold on to that. Put your finger in there. We're going to turn back to Matthew's gospel record. Matthew, let me make sure I give you the right reference. You probably put it up there already, didn't you? Matthew 1. And verse 18 is where we're going to start. Thank you, Tony. My notes are extremely dark today. I'm probably going to have more ad lib. 1 and verse 18. But hold your place in Luke there. And the pages don't want to come apart. Thank you, Lord. I had to pray for a moment. Beginning at verse 18, and we're going to read through, uh, what was it, verse 25. Thank you. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, Yahashua Messiah, was as follows. After His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, Being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, he was going to leave her. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yahashua, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife 
and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Yahashua. Now go back to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin with verse 1. We're reading this in the chronological order, as close as it has been recorded, so that we can get the picture a little more clearly of what actually happened. Sometimes we get the pieces, but we don't get the whole picture. Luke, or excuse me, yes, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read the first nine verses. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. I think that's where we're going to end our reading. And we're going to trust that God... Oh, no, we'll go on to 19. Excuse me. Forgive me. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made wisely known the saying which widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They were out proclaiming the good news. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen. Now, we'll allow Almighty God to... Let me pray. Father, thank You. I don't know how You use me sometimes, Lord, but I thank You. And I ask, Father, that You would use me today that nothing but Your glory would be shining forth here today. Take this weak and beggarly man and use him to bring forth the message that You've prepared, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Mary, did you know? And that's the song that we sang today. It was originally written by Mark Lowry in 1984. And uh, was re, uh, the music was written in 1991 by Buddy Green. These were members of the Gaither Vocal Band, the vocal team. And then it was recorded by Michael English in 1991. And this is one of those songs that evokes great uh, emotional response. It's called a uh, modern 
classic by many, and it's, and it's widely recognized. You play this song, there's not many people that haven't heard it. The song asks Mary if she knew if her baby boy, if she knew that her baby boy would one day walk on water and save her sons and daughters. She might not have known those things, but she sure knew something because she hadn't known a man. She was a virgin. And the interesting thing about that was she was very young. It's likely she was a teenager when she gave birth to this child. And she must have had to put up with a whole lot of gossip. That'd be my understanding of it. You know how the wagging tongues wag. I mean, that's just the way it is, and it wasn't any different then. But she accepted this assignment from God. She knew it was going to cause her trouble. She knew that she was not going to have an easy life. Even at times, we hear in the gospel records an allusion to this gossip, bits and pieces. Isn't this that Jesus that was born of Mary in Bethlehem? Yeah, it was Him. Our Scriptures don't deal with this, except to say the people were filled with awe. The people were filled with awe. Yeah, they were, you know. And that's a polite way of saying they were gossiping about her. She and Joseph were probably the topic of conversation there for a very long time. You know, out-of-wedlock births were not welcome or approved at that time. I say it politely. Joseph himself didn't believe that this child was born of the Holy Spirit or conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was going to put her away. He thought she was unfaithful. He wanted nothing to do with it. But God gave him strength through the message of an angel. Sometimes God speaks to us, folks. Do you know that? Sometimes God speaks to us, and He lets us know, yes, this doesn't look good, but it's exactly where I want you to be. Imagine how they must have talked about Elizabeth also. Here was her husband. He's working in the temple, and the Lord says, your wife's going to get pregnant. And he says, what? She's too old to get pregnant, my paraphrase. And uh, God muted him. He couldn't speak. He didn't speak again until his son was born. And can you imagine a people, as the story got out, that this old woman and this mute guy were having a baby? What kind of talk was going on with that? And you know how wagging tongues wag, and this is one of the things the Scripture tells us to avoid completely. Do not do this. Do not be a partake, partake in this type of activity. God makes it clear that that's not His will, and yet people do it. Mary, did you know people were going to talk about you? Uh, no doubt she did. Did Elizabeth know? Well, once she got pregnant, I wouldn't doubt for a moment. She knew there was going to be some wagging tongues. Oh, well, did you see? That? Yeah, they're both pregnant now. They're cousins, you know. Do you know the, the Muslim Quran records the first coming of Christ? And it also supplies details about the second coming. Now, if anybody wanted to suppress this uh, information about our Lord being the Messiah, 
I doubt that it would be recorded in a book, a holy book, for people that are not a part of the Christian faith. I wonder, though, maybe that was God's way of showing everybody that this is real. Because here we have accounts that are outside of the biblical account, you know, what we we use as our holy book. We have accounts that show that these things are real. It's interesting to me. The message of His first coming and His second coming, they're recorded in other places too. And how would we respond if this pregnancy took place today? How would we, individually and collectively, and I have to wonder, might we talk badly of the young lady and her older gentleman betrothed, her husband-to-be, fiancé, as we might say? Might we think that she lied? Might we tend to believe that he had his way with her? I mean, seriously, folks, these are things that we can consider because we ask that question, Mary, did you know that you were going to be persecuted for this pregnancy? And there's no doubt in my mind that she was, and there's no doubt in my mind that she knew. There's an answer in the Scriptures that show us. What about the child? Would we love this child? Would we nurture this child? Would we care for him, or would we shun him? You know, when my daughter became pregnant, there were people that said, get rid of it, it. That infuriated me when I found that out. I mean, that's the answer today, right? Throw it away. It's an unwanted pregnancy. Abort. But what does God's Word show us? This unwanted pregnancy was all about His will being done. His will for humankind being done. And it's recorded for our edification. The the, the Word of God tells us that everything that's in this book is for us. It's for us to learn. And so we don't skip over it. We don't ignore it. These are realities that were recorded to the best of the people's ability at that time. And they've been recorded and they've been translated throughout the century so that we still have this record. Some people might have told her, get rid of that child. We might have been tempted to speak ill of him too, like the people of that time. Mary, did you know? And let's think about that for a moment. I've got to lift my notes up, folks, because I can't see. There were a lot of people that were alive at the time of this child's conception and birth that were still alive when these gospel records were written. They were still alive. And so we know that Matthew and Luke would have taken scrutiny for recording these events in the way which they occurred. Because the people who had their oral tradition, they would have been spreading those lies. Those wagging tongues would have kept wagging. 
And whenever they caught wind of what Mark, or excuse me, Luke and, and uh, Matthew wrote down, they would have criticized it. There were people that criticized that song that we sang. Not theologically deep enough. It, it focuses on this or that or the other thing. I get all that. In fact, somebody just made a new version of it this year, and I don't agree with that version. But that's me. We can believe that, that those people would have continued to spread their version of the events. Mary, did you know? These days, many of the best and brightest minds believe and teach that the virgin birth is a myth. I've heard it myself, my own ears. I've heard people say, oh, that's a myth. Why would it be recorded in other sources? If it was just something that Christians made up, why would it be recorded somewhere else, especially in other religions? It wouldn't be. And those who teach that the virgin birth is a myth, they do it to make Mary a liar. They make, it, they make Joseph a liar. They make Luke a liar. They make John, or excuse me, Matthew a liar. You know, Matthew contains more references to the Old Testament than the other three gospel records. Each of them have many references to the Old Testament, but Matthew has the most. And Matthew's gospel record is the one that's recorded most in the historic literature of the church. They do what they do to try to discredit the one we call Jesus. They don't want Him to be the Messiah. They don't want Him to be the Savior. They don't want Him to be what was proclaimed at the time of His first coming. They do it to discredit Him. After all, if they can convince people that there was no virgin birth, they can say the whole thing's a sham. He was just a man. He wasn't anybody. Some call Him a prophet, and only a prophet. They don't say He's the Son of God. And no one can say He's the Son of God unless the Holy Spirit empowers your lips to say so. Mary, did you know? Well, I'll tell you a secret, folks. I don't care what she knew. What I care about is what I know. And I know He's the Messiah. I know by my relationship with Him. I know. Because it doesn't matter to me what they say. I don't have to defend my faith, but I'm prepared to. I know that the one we call Jesus is the one that was promised. I know that He came here to make peace between us and God. Humankind was at enmity with God. As a collective group, we were enemies of God. And He came here to make peace between us and our Creator. I know that I have a relationship with God through His sacrifice. I know that I've been redeemed by His work, not my own. I know He's made me spiritually whole. I haven't. I had no power to. And I know no matter what anybody else thinks, that I worship Almighty God knowing that He loves those who come to Him through Christ. I know these things, and there's no convincing me otherwise. Not at all, folks. There'll be no one that convinces me. 
under any threat. And you know He loves you too, each and every one of you. He came to save your soul because you're part of that world that God so loved that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And you see, that's the gift that only God can give. As we wrap this up, I want you to remember a few key points. The day that we remember as the first coming of Messiah really happened. Remember that. Regardless of the exact details, regardless of the actual date, because we know December 25th wasn't the date. It's absolutely certainly proven it wasn't the date. We have well-recorded documentation of events as they occurred. Now, we read from two of the gospel records, but there are others that, are, that have more details. And on uh, the 24th, Christmas Eve, we're going to look at those records. We're going to read from the gospel records to show everyone the chronological order in which things occurred. You know, the wise guys weren't there until two years later. You know, we, we think they were because we've been taught they were, but they weren't. The one we call Jesus came, and He lived, and He taught, and He was crucified, He died, He was buried, and He rose from the grave, and He ascended into heaven. And when that occurred, there were angels there who said, what are you looking up there for? He's coming back the same way. He promised a return for His followers. In fact, it is written, and when they, excuse me, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I will come again. He said it. If we believe that He is the chosen one, if He is the anointed one, if He is the Messiah of God, He said, I will come again. And you see, when we look at this church season of Advent, it is about looking for His return. We use the birth that's recorded in Scriptures as a way to remind us of that sovereignty of God where He is the one that's in control. He's the only one that knows when Christ will return. And He said that Himself. I will come again. It's written in Acts chapter 1, after Christ ascended. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. He will return. The angels reported it. And in Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 17, it's written, For yet a little while, and he that shall come, Shall is an absolute. Shall come, will come, and will not tarry. He will come again. He's coming again. The title of this series of messages for this past four weeks, including today, He's coming again. That's the point. That's what we celebrate, His return, the promise of His return. In order for us to be prepared... We need to turn to God. In order for us to be prepared, we need to search God's Word for the truth. What actually happened? We need to know what happened because we've been given things that haven't happened or they didn't happen in the way that they're portrayed to have happened. We need to be people of truth. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one gets to the Father except through Him. 
In 1 John chapter 3, in verse 2, it is written, Beloved, now we are we, the sons of God, and if, doth, if it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is when He shall appear. Not if. When. He's coming again. We're seeing the signs of His coming. We are seeing the promise that God made through this one we call Jesus. He's coming again. We start the Christian year with this idea because that is the hope that we have in the resurrection of Christ. And in John chapter 10, we hear our Lord say Himself, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and are known by my own. He knows us and we know Him. There are many who don't know Him, and part of our role as followers of Christ is to introduce them to the one who knows us whom we know. That's part of our role. That's part of what we are to do. Introduce people who don't know Him. Introduce people who are lost. Introduce enemies of God to the one who makes peace for them with God. We who are living in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Almighty God, we will live and reign together with Him forever. And that's the best gift that anyone could ever receive. And so I'll ask with the title of this message and the song that we sang, Mary, did you know He's coming back? Did you know? And I ask all of you, has anybody ever impressed upon you the importance of comprehending what he said? He is coming back. And when we see turmoil in the world, we can rest in the hope of his return. Whether he comes in our lifetime or not, we can rest in the hope of everlasting life. He's the one that brings life, not me. He's the one that brings life, not any of us. He's the one who paid the price that we could not pay so that we could have everlasting life. And that's the gift. That's the one that matters above and beyond everything else, folks. In a few days, there's going to be people celebrating all over the world this thing we call Christmas. Christmas. There's going to be people that celebrate this by sharing gifts with one another. But will we, as His followers, share that gift that we've received? I believe that's what matters more than anything else, folks. We need to be people who proclaim the good news like those shepherds. The shepherds who went after they saw what happened. They saw the angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest, proclaiming the birth of this one. When they were proclaiming that, and these shepherds went and saw what they saw, they went out and told everybody. They told everybody. Are we telling anybody? Are we sharing that with anyone? It matters. As the time comes upon us, 
When he comes, he wants to find us faithful. He wants to find us pure. We are to be a spotless bride. This is what he says in his word that he taught, and we are to be his people who know him, intimately know him. And if we don't know him, we need to get to know him. And if there's anybody here who doesn't know him, I want you to come up here right now, and we will pray for you as a congregation so that you can come to know him. It's important, folks. Time is short. The enemy is going to get stronger because he knows. He knows right now his days are numbered. He's going to be locked up for a thousand years, and God's people are going to reign together with him. Let us be those people who live in his light, sharing his glory. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are the one that made the way. Help us to proclaim that way. Help us, Lord, to answer that question. Mary, did you know he's coming back? Help us, Lord, to be that one in someone else's life, just one person even, Lord, that would draw souls out of the darkness and into the light, I pray. And all of God's people said, amen. All right. Now, if the team will come forward, we will uh, receive an offering. Thank you for that reminder. I do forget sometimes. <laughs> Father, we ask that you would bless our giving today, Lord, and purpose in our hearts, Lord, to give as you would see, forth, see fit for us to give, Lord. We know that we can never outgive you. We trust, Lord, that everything that's brought forth will be used to your glory inside and outside of this building. Help us, Lord God, as we go forward in Christ's name and all of God's people said, amen. And just for your information, those of you who don't know, yours truly is a volunteer. My wife and I volunteer here. If you'd like to give anything to help us to cover our expenses, you're welcome to do that, but you need to mark it on an envelope or somehow, some way, let us know that that's uh, what you intend.